Welcome to the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Ann Sari, your host for this episode. Rising up to life's challenges is hard work, especially in today's world with so much stress, chaos, and fear, all of which can pull us down if we let it. We don't have to let our outer circumstances or others dictate how we feel and act or define who we are. Now more than ever is the time to awaken our own inner power, dig deep, and rise up to our best self, our loving, heart-centered, higher self. That's what Hearts Rise Up podcast is all about. When we tap into our own inner power, we elevate ourselves, our life, and the world around us. It's that simple. So let's get right into today's episode. Today we're interviewing Carol Neustadt. I've known Carol for maybe 12 years, and we had the opportunity and good fortune to work together at the hospice center in Atlanta. Carol is a certified end-of-life specialist. She is a end-of-life doula. She has been a hospice volunteer for over a decade. She's a meditation specialist. She is certified in advanced clinical hypnotherapy. She's also a master of healing energy for body, mind, and soul, and a Reiki master. She studied under Dr. Raymond Moody, whose best-known work is Life After Death, studied at the Monroe Institute in Virginia for the exploration of consciousness and expanded awareness. She also is a gifted intuitive, and I can personally attest to seeing her in action with that skill. Some of the things Carol has done and used in terms of her tools is just being a silent and definitely sweet presence with people who are on the end-of-life journey. She's wonderful in establishing a sacred space. She has done her energy work with both patients and families. She's really in tune on grief processing and grief support. And I wanted to read one personal note from Carol. I'm passionate about my work at hospice. Most of us wait until our final days to evaluate our lives. Fear of how we may or may not have lived slow our transition. It is my job to assist people through the dying process. I'm able to help people find the answers they need to lovingly move on. The most important thing I can say is love is stronger than death. We are forever connected through love. It's been such a pleasure to work with Carol all these years, and that is why I wanted to bring her on to Hearts Rise Up. Because even though this is a difficult topic to talk about or to even approach, talking about it makes it better. Absolutely. Being here with Carol today, we're going to delve into that as well as some of the other things she's done in her life to bring her to where she is today. Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Anne. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Are you ready to rise up now and inspire our listeners today? I am. Great. So can you just share, just to begin, Mm -hmm. share a personal mantra or favorite quote and what it means to you? I like the mantra, in this moment, all is well. And it's so valuable, important to me. And I share it with those that I work with, especially I have cancer patients that I work with monthly. Just so that we, because we tend to have anxiety and our minds are racing forward, often telling us things that have not yet happened. So for me, it's just a moment to catch my breath and to bring me back into balance and say, in this moment, all is well. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I like even the way you said it, 
because it you kind of emanate mm-hmm. you, it's uh there's a silence in those words that you mm-hmm. use too thank you so let's dive in to your life okay <laughs> this is your life share a story of a time in your journey where you encountered challenges in rising up to your best self and being true to who you are take us back in time Okay, for me, being intuitive, I came into this world being intuitive. I think it is like most people who are artists of some type, we just come in with some ability, ability that's sometimes more gifted than others. Mm -hmm. But for me, I thought everybody had the ability to hear the voice within them. And for me, it's always been an inner voice. When I was a child, it was literally a voice I heard in my head. And I thought everybody had that voice in their head. So I never spoke about it to anyone. It would be like saying when you have thoughts in your head, it's not something that you would tell anyone. Mm -hmm. But it would often, it would warn me of things that were going to happen. It would prepare me. They were my cheerleaders. I call it my inner self-helper. And one time it was telling me that I was about to have an accident. And what it would be, I might be sitting on the sofa and suddenly have this overwhelming feeling I was going to have an accident. Or they would just speak to me about, I'm going to have an accident. And I thought I was going to have a wreck on my bicycle because I rode a lot Mm -hmm. and break a leg or an arm. And I was thinking, oh, this is not going to be fun. But I went to school one day and there was a boy um, who was throwing rocks. And I happened to be in the path of that rock. So it hit me in the head and it was rather severe. And I had to go to the emergency room mm-hmm. to be stitched up. But I knew in that moment that that's what they had been telling me and that I was going to be okay. And when I came back to school, his mother was there to apologize and to say that I was okay. And I told her, no, no, they had been telling me this was going to happen. And she looked at me like, who? And I said, you know, the voice in your head, the one that tells you things that are going to happen. And I tell you, the look on her face mm-hmm. and in her eyes, I knew she had no idea what I was talking about, and it scared me. Mm. Yeah. And that was the first time I realized other people didn't hear that voice. So did you get any feedback at all from your mom? I never spoke about it oh. with my mom. So after, after that, you kind of kept it to yourself. I did, and I kind of shut it down for a little while. But um, for me, it never would stay shut mm-hmm. off. It was always something that rose to the surface. They were always preparing me, even for work. When mm-hmm. I was looking for a new job, they, let's say I was getting the Friday papers to read um, for jobs that were coming up. One day they said, get the Wednesday paper. And uh-huh. I thought, well, that's kind of crazy. Who puts ads in a Wednesday paper? But I went and got the Wednesday paper. There was the ad. And that was I the, went, that was the well, job. Wonderful. So they've always been very good at helping. So you say they, and, and a lot of people... Remember when they were kids, they had Mm -hmm. a guardian angel Mm -hmm. or an invisible friend even Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. would talk to them. But often kids kind of, because of pressure probably Mm -hmm. from adults and other kids, kind Mm -hmm. of squash that feeling. Mm -hmm. How did you not do that? I don't really know how I didn't do that. Um, It just always seemed to be a natural part of me. Mm -hmm. And it just stayed with me. I also always had to bless animals, bless anything that had died. 
Um, and that was so powerful inside of me. And I remember crying and thinking that it made me weird and strange and different and, and even praying, please tell me why I do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and of course, later on, working with the death and um, dying, I understand now mm-hmm. why I did it. So I have to say for me, my intuition, I feel stayed a part of my life because I feel it's my path. Mm-hmm. And you said it has evolved. The, the It's not necessarily voices now that you hear, but other senses mm-hmm. are involved? For me, it's a, a knowing, a strong knowing I have. Also being very clairvoyant when I sit with a patient um, and I tune into them energetically. Often I'm shown pictures of what they're seeing or going through and I'll have a knowing mm-hmm. of what they're going through. Prior to working in hospice, I also used to clear houses of spirits and we can call them ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I was able to tune in. I can read houses. I can sense who was there, male, female, their age, and perhaps the issue that they have and why they're not transitioning on. Yeah. So I kind of use all the clairs. They, That's really you know. interesting. Any stories? In regard to that, I do. I I have one. I went to a lady's house for a luncheon. I had never been there before, and a friend invited me. She was the lady was selling something, and so a bunch of us were there. And while I was listening to her pitch, I realized there was a spirit in the house, and I had a sense that they had lived there before, but it had been quite a while. And I also had a sense they had killed themselves there, Mm. and I really didn't know how to approach the lady because she didn't know me. But I thought at the end, I would lead a leading question. How long had she lived there? And if it had been a while, then I would ask Mm -hmm. her. So I said, thank you so much for having me in your home. It's so lovely here. How long have you lived here? And she said she'd lived there about 30 years. And I thought, well, that's a long time. So that was your affirmation? That was my confirmation to ask the next question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought that this house was haunted? And then she said, that's interesting you should ask. We got a really good deal on it. The owner prior to us had killed themselves here. Wow. And so then I knew that, that they were still there and they yeah. needed help. At that point, did you mm-hmm. say anything to it? I did. And then she kind of was like, oh, my gosh, what do we need to do? You know, a little startled. Mm-hmm. And I just said, don't worry about it. Um, I can take care of it. And then I just have a dialogue basically with him. I go deep within and tune in Mm -hmm. because we'd already made that connection, obviously, Mm -hmm. during the luncheon and just trying to help them resolve issues Mm -hmm. and come to a a better understanding of their life and that there was nothing for them to be forgiven for because there's just love and peace that awaits them now. And to not be attached. Right. Wonderful. Well, can you tell us a little bit more, like, how has this innate talent Mm -hmm. been of service to you throughout your life? Because it's my passion, and it brings me an enormous amount of joy, and I can't get enough of doing it. So I'm just called to do it, and I was so grateful when I found you, Anne. (sighs) Thank you. At hospice, and that I could be open about what I do. Mm-hmm. And it was grateful also because the chaplain there at the time was so phenomenal, mm-hmm. and she understood what I could do. Um, she gave me a little test. My first patient, she had me go down um, to sit with, could no longer speak, and she wanted me to go down there and see what I could pick up. Mm-hmm. And that patient, um, when I sat down, I was scared to death, I have to say, <laughs> also. But I went and sat with her, and in my mind, she said... 
who are you? It was really creepy, too, like a witch. <laughs> and I told her in my mind, we had this conversation, mm-hmm. who I was, and that I was there to help her. And then she, I had a feeling that she had done something later in her life that she um, was ashamed of and felt like God was going to judge her. And then I saw her go to a church. I saw her dressed up with a little pill hat on mm-hmm. and a little suit, and she was in a church, and she was um, accepting communion or asking for forgiveness as well. And we worked with that for a while. And then out of the blue, she goes, internally now, never spoken mm-hmm. physically, now get out of here. <laughs> and I was so startled, and I was like, okay. So I left and went back to the chaplain, and she said, tell me what happened. And when I told her what happened, she said, Carol, not only is that how she sounds when she <laughs> can speak, she's spoken those same words to me. Wow. And okay. she said, you were right. She did. She had had a family, but in the later years of her life, she had met a woman and had had a loving relationship. And that she had felt, though, as well as her children also, had felt that this was something that would displease oh. God. And it was bringing her a lot of turmoil. Wow. Do you think you helped her in terms of resolving that and accepting forgiveness? I like to think I did. I sat with her for many, many, many times wow. after that. So you passed the test. I passed the test. And mm-hmm. after that, she was like, I know exactly what you do. You're a holder of the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think of myself again as the bridge between two yeah. worlds. And then that was the way, that was my gift, and I always use there. And we're, um, just for our listeners, we're talking about volunteers mm-hmm. within the hospice setting in inpatient or in pa- patients' homes mm-hmm. where a volunteer goes to sit with a patient. And in the inpatient center, when people are at normally days, sometimes weeks from mm-hmm. dying and transitioning, then it's often that. There's not always family around, so we look for volunteers to go and sit with people. And, mm-hmm. and you were wonderful in sitting with people that didn't have a lot of visitors, mm-hmm. but also people who were not communicative anymore and just needed a silent, loving presence mm-hmm. with them. But I know that even um, even the doctors would say after a while, well, we've had a patient who's been here for a, a long time without mm-hmm. any food, any hydration. Mm -hmm. We don't know what they're holding on for. Let's Mm -hmm. call Carol. So your work Mm -hmm. as an intuitive was validated. And and I'm so grateful for it. It's been the greatest time of my entire life. Mm. And it led you to your certification as a doula? It did. It led me because I wanted to stand out as a professional amongst my peers. Mm -hmm. Um, And also now I can go anywhere. I don't have to just be with one affiliation or hospice. I can go anywhere and do my work. So for our listeners, can you talk about what a doula does? Um, Well, a doula does. They're they're all different types of doulas. But for me personally, it is going and being present with a patient, showing up where they are at, and more importantly, listening to what mm-hmm. they have to say, because a lot of times they want to review their lives, and that's so important just to allow them to flow with that and to be a loving presence for them. And of course, I like to do meditations mm-hmm. with patients and families, and hopefully to remind them that one, the veil is thin, um, that we are always connected through love, to let them know, as I have seen, that their loved ones will be there helping them to cross over mm-hmm. and that there's just peace for them. Hmm. And I've actually, I remember a couple of instances where you 
provided a lot of peace and comfort for a family member Mm -hmm. by suggesting they create a meeting place. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I I have had through working with people individually doing meditation, I've had them spontaneously be joined with someone who's passed over. And I saw it was a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why can't we do this with our families and patients in hospice? So I would have both the patient and the family members agree on a meeting place that they love together. That could even be sitting at the kitchen table sharing Mm -hmm. coffee, or it might be a place they vacationed a lot. And once we had agreed on that meeting place, then I would take everybody into a meditation where we would visualize that place and coming together and communicating and sharing that experience. And we would repeat this over and over. And my hopes were that once the patient had died, the family would continue going to the meeting place. Mm -hmm. And that if at all possible, that um, person who had passed away would then join them in the meeting place, as I've Mm -hmm. seen happen with other people. And you were talking about with your own mom Mm -hmm. an experience. Can you tell us about that? For my own mom, um, who I was so grateful I, I was able to be with her at the center, she comes to me frequently in dreams. Mm. And that's another way that people, you know, don't disregard dreams. And they are powerful. And she has shown me not long after she passed, she was so vibrant and young Mm -hmm. and beautiful and happy. And recently I dreamt that she was in this beautiful home. And I knew that when I woke up that it was so healing for her Mm -hmm. to be in that house and and to play the role that she always dreamed that she wanted to to play. And what was odd about that dream is right after that, I went to her home. I'm still cleaning it out because it Mm -hmm. hasn't been that long. And I found her memory board that had everything to do with a home and how she would set it up. And in the dream, she was showing me her her setting it up. And I thought that was, you know, don't dismiss these coincidences. That that was very significant Mm -hmm. because I knew then she was able to to live out that dream finally and that she's happy. That's beautiful. And, you know, what I'm thinking about when you're saying that, a lot of people would say, oh, I wish I could be able to converse with a loved one or get Mm -hmm. messages from Mm -hmm. a loved one. But maybe we are, and we're dismissing it because we don't believe in it. And we're taught to dismiss it. You know, mm-hmm. we're taught to be so analytical or everything's so phys- mm-hmm. um, so um, real, you know, mm-hmm. physical. And we have to start trusting the signs and that they're not coincidence. And, and don't judge them. Just let things flow and happen. Mm-hmm. And I say that when I do meditations with people. Let's not be judging the information we're getting. Mm-hmm. Let's just be open to receive it. And, and it can be so fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just your imagination. No. Because I know a lot of people who choose meditation mm-hmm. as a way to rise up or to, mm-hmm. to center, that they experience great ideas. It's like people mm-hmm. talk about in the shower, they experience great ideas. In meditation, mm-hmm. it comes too. So if you believe that, why mm-hmm. not believe you can get messages from... You can get them all ones. the time. I get them while I'm washing the dishes. I don't know. There's something about that activity yeah. of one part of my mind doing a mindless task, mm-hmm. and then information flows through. So a lot of times if friends want to know um, when I'm picking up something around them, that's when I'll get the wow. information. That's great. So yeah, it comes at the strangest times, but just being open to it. Mm-hmm. And not overriding it with that analytical self. Mm-hmm. And we all have that little analytical self. Um, and like I said, meditation, start playing with it. If you want to connect with someone, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Start imagining where would that place be? Write him a letter. Invite him into the space, but mm-hmm. do it consistently. Yeah. And I think repetition's important. Well, I think anytime when you can focus on your loved one, even if it's mm-hmm. painful, mm-hmm. that you eventually get a stronger connection and mm-hmm. maybe you still feel the loss, you just don't feel it quite as strongly. Yeah. So, and another thing I wanted to mention before we move away from hospice to some mm-hmm. other questions is I've also seen you help families understand, and I imagine it's what you do as end-of-life specialist, but help even in setting up the room or mm-hmm. helping the families mm-hmm. understand what the process is, the natural process. So tell us about that. Well, I, especially with setting up the room, because I was excited I got to do my mom's room the way I wanted to do it. So um, she had been in the floral business and had grown up in the floral business. So I was delighted to have a lot of beautiful flowers in her space. I surrounded her by photographs that she loved mm-hmm. um, of herself when she was younger and the family. And I would read her cards that people were sending her. I also had um, meditation music, like ocean sounds. Mm -hmm. I played throughout her, even in the night. So it was like 24 hours a day. We had those beautiful natural sounds. And I um, had a diffuser of lavender. Mm-hmm. So that was very relaxing, yeah, for her. So that was that was special. And I want everybody to set up their spaces. Occasionally, I've even asked patients, I will ask them that if they're at home, how do you envision your space being? Mm-hmm. And how do you envision your death being? And they'll tell me special paintings that had memories of where mm-hmm. they travel they want or where they want to be in the home. And also to set up that space so when people come in it, maybe there's a chair outside the room where they can drop their, you know, their Mm -hmm. stuff from the day before they enter that sacred space. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being present for that loved one. It can be a really, it can be very special and magical even, which I know is hard to understand. It's it's a sacred time. It really is. And it's not something you get to do over. So try to do it right the first time. Come in with an open heart Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to speak from your heart. And it it can really heal you. Because you kind of review your life along with them Mm -hmm. if it's your family. Yeah. And and now you mentioned Raymond Moody as Mm -hmm. one of your influences. I know that he's done a lot of work with near death Mm -hmm. and death and dying. Was there anything in particular that you picked up from him? I love the fact that he does believe in an afterlife. Because I thought if he doesn't believe, then what are we going to (laughs) do? I love the work he's done with um, near-death experience and shared death experience where family members um, are actually experiencing while their loved one is dying. They're having visions with them as well, which is so confirming because it's not like their Mm -hmm. brains are shutting down. I think it's exciting he's studying the nonsensical language that people are speaking toward the end of death. We think they're just out of their minds, but he believes that when people begin speaking nonsense, that their consciousness is now straddling two worlds. And I'll give you an example of nonsense. Um, Say it was 1930, um, and someone said, I'm going to go and watch a movie on my phone. And of course, in 1930, that would have been crazy, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. How could you watch a movie on your phone? Very nonsensical. Say it today. 
And mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch a movie on my phone. No big deal. Yeah. And you might say, well, what are you going to watch? I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll watch it with yeah. you. Yeah. So we understand it now. And his thought is that we just haven't caught up to that language. And so they're trying to map it out, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah, they're very exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now let's move into other uses mm-hmm. of your intuition mm-hmm. and also your meditation skills. Mm-hmm. And the hypnotherapy that you've used. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about your work with Chemoflage. Okay, Chemoflage is a nonprofit organization here in Atlanta. It's run by a woman named Cookie, and she is a cancer thriver. Mm-hmm. And she gives a program every month um, for women. Because we find that men don't want to share. I don't know why, but we give it for women. And they're going through chemotherapy. And she helps prepare them in every way that is fathomable, mm-hmm. down to even how to apply eyebrows. I mean, <laughs> so my work, though, is to teach people the power of visualization. And we talk about how meditation can relax you. Um, but also kind of talk about like, like the little bit of the placebo effect. And so I like them to, if I asked you, Anne, right now, what would what color would make you feel peaceful? Blue. Blue. And it, let's not judge the color. Any color is right. <laughs> it's what you need. So that would be the color that I would have you work with. Mm-hmm. And we would begin breathing it in. And so I asked them, um, right now, what color do you need in order to heal or support your healing process? Mm-hmm. And then that's the color we begin to visualize. So I try to teach them the power of mm-hmm. um, visualization and also to be their own cheerleader, to remind themselves that they yeah. are strong and powerful yeah. and their bodies know what they're doing. Yeah, and the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. The, the power, power of, of the, the mind. mind. So And that mind over matter, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't cure everything. No. But it certainly helps the journey. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And I've done that for a long time now with them. Mm-hmm. And in terms of hypnotherapy, do you still have that practice as well or Um, use it in your work? I I do. And what I like to do with hypnotherapy, actually, are past life regressions. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so exciting Mm because it's a different journey for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so the majority of things that I do would be on that level, on that scale. Great. So all of that working with other people's energy, mm-hmm. sometimes very heavy, mm-hmm. sometimes with illness. Right. How do you then either protect yourself or prepare mm-hmm. yourself before mm-hmm. you meet with people or after so that you stay, I don't want to say the word clean. Clean, but, I know. Um, clear or... Clear. 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 Um, because occasionally you do bring something home. I think number one is saying, you know, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. So if I feel depressed, I'll think this is not my emotion. I've picked up somebody else's emotion and um, in trying to then let it go. Or also I'll ask myself, why? What is this reflecting back to me that I need mm-hmm. to know at this moment? But mainly I feel like love keeps me clear. So before I go into any appointment with someone, I will bring in that mm-hmm. feeling of love that fortunately for me has become something easily to do, that unconditional feeling and love. I know that my spirit's um, helpers will never put me in a situation that I can't handle. And then afterwards, meditation and bring again through mm-hmm. that love and clearing it in my body. And also journaling. When I'm blue, I want to journal. And it's not like what I did yesterday. It's like this is how I feel and in what is moment. this yeah, in this yeah. moment and what is that doing? And I always mm-hmm. have a resolution at the end. That's great. That's a great tool. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk about tools, but since we're on that one, okay. How did you come to journaling? 
I've always journaled since a child. Again, yeah. I've oh. been journaling my entire mm-hmm. life. And I journal, I try to journal every single day in the morning. So I do a lot in the morning. I'm meditating <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, tell us your, you know, that's the My trend. routine. Yeah. yeah, I like to get up before anybody else is up in the house. Mm-hmm. I love it when it's still cold, so it's going to get hot soon, mm-hmm. you know. But I like that because I like to get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then I like to sit when it's just so quiet. It almost has a sound. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then, well, I, I just will bring in again that, that thought of peace and love. And for me, it's an expansion in my heart. Chakra that I open out. And then sometimes I'll think about my dreams that I've had and what do they mean to me in the mm-hmm. day. And then I will journal. And sometimes, I, a lot of times, again, dreams, or I might journal a little bit about what I did the day before. But often it'll just be um, any inspirations that I have that are coming to mind. And then I, I'll have to start my day. So yeah, that that's pretty start. much, yeah, that's good my start morning to your routine. Day. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Then have you touched back on that during your day? Do you, you see that it kind of anchors you throughout the day? It does. And occasionally, let's say I'm stressed out um, more so than usual. Um, typically, I will meditate mm-hmm. more in a day because for me, I find it doesn't matter what's going on outside of myself. What matters is what's in. And mm-hmm. when I can tap into that place of peace, it's a reminder that that's truth mm-hmm. and, and let the other stuff go. And then sometimes, too, I'll need a journal again. Um, exercise is important too. Yeah. Exercise yeah. helps your brain and your whole spirit, I think. Or just to get rid of that energy. Mm-hmm. I like to do that, that nervous energy that sometimes we have. Now, you've mentioned meditation a lot, mm-hmm. and we a lot of our listeners are meditators. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say meditation, it doesn't have to be necessarily for formal 40 minutes. No. No. Tell us a little bit about your style. My style is very different than most people's style because I like it's almost like shamanic journeying, which I hadn't realized until mm-hmm. not too long ago when I took a shamanic journeying class. Um, because I just allow it to unfold. So I can just if I close my eyes and first of all I center myself with that love and peace. And then I just wait to see what pictures start forming in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I go along with it. Sometimes it can even be a childhood home. And let's say I see that and I'll think, oh, there's something in here I need to explore. Or um, there have been times when I've felt myself being pulled down in my body into the ground. And now I'm on a a journey through these Mm -hmm. tunnels in the earth. And my main thing is just flow with it, flow with it. Don't override Mm -hmm. whatever experience I'm having. A lot of times I'll imagine walking on a beach, and sometimes I'll have a guide with me mm-hmm. or I'll feel a presence. So I try to just have fun now and let the pictures unfold and take me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like having a movie playing. <laughs> That's good. Entertaining mm-hmm. at the it same is. time. It is. But you definitely exceed, You feel the benefits. I definitely feel the benefits, or I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just very grounding. And um, again, it reminds me of who I am, mm-hmm. and that that's a... a safe and peaceful and and loving place deep inside of us all. Carol, give us a little bit more information about meditation, because some people think it's very formal. Mm -hmm. You have to sit down, cross your legs. It's in a certain position. I know. And so many people think of the monks and, you know, they don't have a thought. And I always think because they're monks and that's what they're trained to do. But meditation is natural. I always ask people, do you ever daydream? 
and almost everybody daydreams or has, that's meditation. Because think about a daydream. You are lost or totally focused in a thought in that moment. The rest of the world is going on around you, but you kind of lost awareness. You are having this beautiful daydream. And that's powerful. And I always tell people, so think about it. When you're going to meditate in the morning, bring up a beautiful daydream. Mm-hmm. What brings you joy? Bring that feeling in your body. And when you can connect with that joyful feeling and then spreading it out, breathing into it, mm-hmm. that is meditation. Um, reading a book. Let's think about reading a book. You're visualizing the story. You're lost in that story. The rest of the world is going on. Mm -hmm. Someone can ask you a question, Anne, and you can reply to them and go right back into the book. Mm -hmm. And that's meditation. Um, Or sports people who are in the zone. Sports. Gardening. Mm -hmm. People who are focused on gardening. Painters. Musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like I said, washing the dishes. Cooks. When you're so focused on a task... That is meditation, driving home and not remembering the drive. Mm-hmm. And we do that a lot. We're on mm-hmm. autopilot. Where do, mm-hmm. where do you think you're doing? Now let's get conscious of what we were thinking about. That is meditation. So people, meditation <laughs> is so easy. Yeah. It's a natural ability that we all have. Mm-hmm. So please don't feel like you need to sit in a position that's not yeah. comfortable. Lay down. Have the daydream. But mostly bring in those beautiful feelings. That's what it's about. And your awareness. Mm -hmm. You're being aware. And I think sometimes, uh, like for me, I enjoy silent meditation, but Mm -hmm. I really like guided meditation Mm -hmm. too because I like to have somebody telling me what's coming up on the path. I like that too, but at the same time, I say if your mind then goes someplace else, let's say I'm guiding you on a meditation, Mm -hmm. but suddenly you go off somewhere else, go that someplace else, Mm -hmm. Yeah, follow Mm -hmm. it through and don't judge it and observe it because that's powerful. And that can be exciting and fun adventure. Mm -hmm. So just have fun with it and play with it. Um, It doesn't, like I said, it's not a hard thing. You already do it. Great. It's natural. And so what back to the other question Mm -hmm. uh, that we were talking about, you clear yourself um, because you feel it or you sense something. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people who feel like, oh, I have to solve these people's problems Mm. or I have to get enmeshed in what's going Mm -hmm. on when you're in this kind of service Mm -hmm. experience. Tell us the best advice you've heard about Mm. that. The best advice I've ever had is it's not your story. And that is powerful mm-hmm. because we can get caught up in thinking, I would do it this way or that way, um, especially. And this came about when I was sitting with a child who was a patient. And I just was having a tough time with some of the things going around along with this child and the family. But once I came to that understanding, and I had to say it to myself many times, mm-hmm. um, this is not your story, Carol. Then I was able just to be the observer. Mm -hmm. I was able to go to a neutral place and watch it unfold, their story unfold. Mm -hmm. And it was was beautiful, and it was magical. And I think we can do that with all the people in our lives. Their lives are not mine. You know, it's not not my story. Yeah, sometimes we have to let go a lot Mm -hmm. of our preconceived notions and also our Mm -hmm. past roles Mm -hmm. like when you talk about your family yeah you have to let go of those roles and Mm -hmm. just be that observer Mm -hmm. i like the way you described that thank you 
So tell us what's exciting you these days. Mm. What's new and exciting on your horizon? Well, I'd, I would like to think, I would like to do this workshop for people. I've written one out on the meeting place, mm-hmm. and I think that would be exciting to do and help people um, connect with their loved ones or even just to go in and, and within themselves and have fun mm-hmm. and take adventures. And to realize there's a whole world inside of there that we're not tapping into that's so yeah. rich and, and beautiful. And think of all the people out there that are wishing mm-hmm. someone would guide them along in that. Mm-hmm. So your workshop sounds great. So, I love that. And also, I, you know, I just like to, I love being intuitive. I love using that ability. And sometimes if people just send me photographs of even their homes or mm-hmm. different things, I can read them. So for, to me, it's, it's just a joy. Now, have you ever come across a time where you were you're wrong, not wrong, mm-hmm. in, yeah, or partially wrong, mm-hmm. or it mm-hmm. opened up something else that you hadn't expected? Well, I don't know. I, I, that's an interesting question. Has it opened up something else I haven't expected? I don't know about that. But yes, there are times that I am not accurate. I used mm-hmm. to say though I was more accurate than a weatherman, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, you know, and I think that's the greatest challenge right there because mm-hmm. I tend to be a perfectionist. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, and I'm not um, Teresa Caputo. And she's a she is a very um, famous intuitive oh, psychic okay. who's on tel- television. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it's just having to trust the information that mm-hmm. I've given, and that if it's not accurate, sometimes I question like why because it feels so like it, was. Like it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there's more to the story. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the other, I've, I've heard, of course, Carolyn Mess, who's a medical intuitive, mm-hmm. and other people who are intuitives. Mm-hmm. But is there um, a niche that you would like to fulfill in terms of your work? I think it's just what we're speaking about. about um, being um, end of life. End of life. Mm-hmm. I love using my intuition and helping people um Realize that there's just, you know, the death is not the end. Mm-hmm. You know, this physical journey is just so limited, and we forget that. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is not where we come from. So certainly we're going back home, and, the, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a richness to it, and it's very valuable. Um, so I would like to just to help people come to that understanding. I'm going to ask you a few more questions. Okay. I think we have time for a few more. So tell us what really lifts you up. Hmm. That's a good question, Anne. What really lifts me up? Doing my work. Yeah. It really does. It just brings me joy. And when I'm in that zone and I'm doing it, it doesn't matter what else happens in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy. So being able to do my work intuitively Mm -hmm. and um, just being present and hopefully inspiring other people. And what helps you feel grounded and centered? You talked a lot about mm-hmm. your morning ritual. That probably yeah. helps you feel grounded and that, centered. It really does. Your children probably help you feel. Well, I don't know if children all the time can help. That certainly that love mm-hmm. that we share together. Yeah. Um, listening to podcast. Oh, okay. Helps me. Um, reading inspirational work. Mm-hmm. Um, is certainly by other intuitives as well. And that kind of thing, just for me, it's always reminding myself that there's something greater out in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not one plugged into the news. I don't listen to news. I haven't in years. Mm-hmm. 
I don't read about the news. So um, for me, though, it's always, like I said, listening to what other people have to say about things that are great or beyond the five senses. Mm -hmm. And that brings me a great deal of comfort. Yeah, and that's really thinking on a a level that is above the mundane, above Mm -hmm. the crazy chaos, you Mm -hmm. know, to that quieter, more rich place. And I like to think there's more going on than we understand. Mm -hmm. It helps me get through the craziness of the day. <laughs> so and in terms of the readings or the podcast, is there anybody mm-hmm. you'd recommend? Well, actually, what's interesting, I, I recently like to listen to, um, well, it's not really a podcast, but it's more YouTube's Esther Hicks. Mm-hmm. I right. really find a great deal of comfort yeah. in listening to her speak. Mr. Hooks, and that's Abraham. Abraham, mm-hmm. um, because it just reminds us that, that we are powerful people and that a lot of it has to do with positive thinking and affirmations. Mm-hmm. And to me, yeah. that, I, I love that message. So I want you to give our listeners, um, who especially who maybe felt like they were intuitive at one point or they would like to develop that intuitive mm-hmm. ability, mm-hmm. can you just give them some encouragement as we're wrapping up here, mm-hmm. some way that you can inspire them to pursue developing their intuition or unleashing their intuition? Mm, mm. Well, meditation, though, is key. And you don't have to do it for half an hour or an hour and um, just tune in for a few minutes even Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe play some games. Like, what's something you want to create? One time, I'll tell you a game I played. I decided I wanted my son to bring me home an orange flower. I was very specific I saw the flower, and then I I let it go and just trusted. Well, lo and behold, the child brought me home an orange flower that day. So just play with it. It might not manifest that quickly, Mm -hmm. but look for the signs. And so if you have a, um, if you're being pulled to, to be spontaneous about something, then follow that lead. Because it may be what you've been asking for. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you understand yes, what I say? Yes, I do. Because mm-hmm. I read about the opposite side where people mm-hmm. look back and say, I had this opportunity. It just mm-hmm. dropped into my lap. And I, I knew it was the right thing mm-hmm. to do. And yet I ignored it. Mm-hmm. And now I can see what would have happened if right, I had followed. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I see it from the other mm-hmm. side. So play games with play your games. intuition and don't dismiss it. Gosh, mm-hmm. don't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't share it, too, with people who are going to dismiss it for you. <laughs> that's a tragedy. That's a, yeah, yeah. That would, that's a tough part. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I admire you and mm-hmm. for your courage and um, stepping forward and never squashing it. Well, or trying, I have at times, but trying mm-hmm. to, to continue to believe in it. And as far as dreaming, um, that's such a powerful world. Mm-hmm. So throughout the day, say to myself, are my dreaming? Are my dreaming? So that when you are dreaming, mm-hmm. hopefully you'll be able to say, are my dreaming? And something unusual will be going on. Mm-hmm. You can say yes and becoming conscious then in your dreams because that's a lot of fun too. I like to fly in my dreams. Do mm-hmm. you, Anne? Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> actually. <laughs> And uh, another thing I, I thought of just now, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say if you want an answer to something, mm-hmm. mm. speaking of dreams, to yeah. put it, to think about it right mm-hmm. before you go to sleep or even write it and put it under your pillow. Right. And oftentimes you'll get an answer. You'll get it. And I do that. I always say, um, the old saying, you need to sleep on something. Mm-hmm. I do. So before I make a decision, I always wait to see exactly what do I feel like when I awake in the morning. 
And that gives me an indication of whether it's something I need to do or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if I'm looking, let's say I'm looking at when my children, I wanted them to go to a certain private school one time, I would sit in the parking lot before we even applied to the school. Mm-hmm. And how did it feel to me? Wow. So could I visualize them being yeah. here effortlessly? Did it feel strongly? And it did. And both of them ended up going to that school. But I would do things like mm-hmm. like that. So visualizations. Yeah. Visualization, yeah. And um, and just whatever it is you're desiring, kind of sitting with it. Mm-hmm. Or can you go to the place? And yeah. what, is, what is that like? Wow. Okay. Carol, this has been a fantastic conversation. And I'm so glad we got to be able to interview you and find out more about what you do for our audience. And hopefully they have come away inspired. We do have uh, one more question. If you were to leave this earth today, Mm. what would you like to most be remembered for? I hope that people will say that I changed the way that they think about death and dying. I really do. And because I think we have such a negative connotation of it. And I really think it's so much greater than we can even fathom. Mm-hmm. So I hope that I've changed that. Well, I think that's a, a very a noble service that you offer and that it is a sacred time. And we need more mm-hmm. people like you to kind of soften the conversation mm-hmm. and, and start talking about it. Absolutely. Thank you. So let's find out from you. Where can our listeners find out more about you or find you? Okay, so, and hopefully you'll have this up on your site because it's long, but... (laughs) (laughs) We will. Okay, it's at doingdeathdifferently.com slash doulas slash carol, and then there's the, what is the bar? Newstat? I don't know what that's even called. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) But if you put in Carol Neustadt and you go to that website, um, and that's where I was certified, she has all the information about you get to see my picture, um, and you'll have my credentials, and then I have um, a lot of wonderful things that people have said about me. Okay, so great. My, that's just so um, beautiful. And then you can also, I believe it has my email address on there. So that's um, Angel on Call. How at, apropos. <laughs> on, at earthlink.net. Okay, great. Well, thank you for being here with us today. It's been a terrific conversation and interview. And I would like to have you come back at some point or let us know about your workshop. Or maybe we'll have some other way through Hearts Rise Up to um, Absolutely. lead people to you. Thank you, Anne. I love you. Love you and too, Carol. Thank you for all the you. service you've done. Thank you. Hey there, before you go, we hope today's show inspired you to awaken and unleash your own inner power and to elevate yourself, your life, and the world. Please leave us a review on iTunes because those reviews are important to our show. We'd love for you to subscribe to our show and share this episode with others on your favorite social media channels. Finally, are you rising up to your best self every day? Let us know more by reaching out to us at www.heartsriseup.com. Dot com.